You know, one of the things about being 64 is that you know what you like and you know what you don't like. Now, everybody say, well, you're just a grumpy old man. No, I'm not grumpy. I just know what I like. I have experimented enough. Okay, I've had those adventures in life where I did things and found out, you know, I really don't like this. So I don't do those things anymore. I know the clothes I like to wear. That's what I wear. My friends will say, hey, there's a new sushi restaurant open up. Come go with us. No. <laughs> Why not? I don't like sushi. You'll love this. No, I won't. I'm not going to go eat bait with you. Not going to do that. Don't ask me. I won't be offended if you don't. Jeannie says, you need more shirts. Why, I like my shirts. Well, I'm going to buy you some more shirts. So I have a whole section of my closet of shirts Jeannie has bought me that I don't wear. I don't like them. I have three or four shirts. I like you always wear the same shirts. I like these shirts. Which makes me impossible to shop for. Well, what's dad want? Dad already has what he wants. Well, we'll get him this. He doesn't want that. Well, we'll buy him that. He's already got that. Why in the world would I spend all that time shopping for what I already have? Makes me worry about some of you. You spend all your time in the world trying to grab, snatch, steal, Get however you can what you already have. Philippians asks this question, how can Christ not feel the need to snatch equality with God? He doesn't need to snatch what he already has. Stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this familiar Christian hymn that Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be exploited, snatched, or grabbed. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he became as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together.
in this moment of worship, in this moment of focus, in this moment of remembering, remind us who we already are, what we already have, and we'll be able to live in the freedom and joy of what we already have. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Now, if you were in Dr. Dale Moody's class, as I was at Southern Seminary, you would have to stand now and sing this hymn because it is a hymn that Paul quotes. It's as if he is saying, it's like the old song says, and he quotes the, ten, the hymn text for his church to remember and sing together. And what does this tell us? This tells us that Christ was so much God that he was free to empty himself, pour himself out in love and service, even to death, even the humiliation of a death on the cross. He was able to continue to pour himself out because he did not have to snatch, grab, manipulate, so that he would be equal with God. Why? He already had it. He didn't have to snatch what the Father had already given him. I can't count the number of times where we're reminded of this very, very basic Christian truth. Over and over again, we're reminded that everything the Father has has been given to Jesus. Everything Jesus has belongs to the Father. In John chapters 15 and 16, what we call the pastoral prayer of Jesus is some of the most intimate teaching that we have of Jesus, some of the most intimate prayers that we have from Jesus as he prayed for his disciples and for all the disciples who would, who would follow him. And over and over again in those passages, he says, the Father has given me everything. The Father and I are one. Do you remember at the end of the story, the prodigal son? Long after we have stopped reading, because we always see ourselves as the prodigal who's come home, and once the father throws the party for the prodigal son who's come home, we don't read the rest of the story. And we don't read the story about the angry older brother who comes in and says, what are you doing for this bum son of yours who took what you gave him and wasted it in riotous living and then details the riotous living? although we're never told in the story what the younger brother did with the money. Did you know that? The older brother tells us what the younger brother did, but the younger brother wasn't there. <laughs> the older brother tells us what he would have done had he been there. Do you remember what the father tells him? Son, don't you know Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. 
One of the saddest realities of the postmodern church is that the church doesn't know who it is or what it already has. So we spend our time grasping, manipulating, trying to find someone who will tell us that we are worthy, trying to impress somebody and be part of the public discussion and be part of the public forum. We're trying to impress somebody. You need to take us seriously. And we already have that. People who study poverty say that poverty is really the lack of access. Do you understand that? Uh, That the poor have no one to call. Okay, if something happens to me, I know who to call. Uh, I've I've been in Nashville a long time now. I've been privileged to meet a lot of people. So usually if there's a situation, I know who to call. I can get access to people who can make things happen. Do you know you have that access? This beautiful doctrine of the priesthood of the believer reminds us that we don't need anybody else to give us access to God the Father. You can go anytime you want to. You remember Moses? Who shall I say sent me? You know what he wanted from God? God selling them. I don't have to call the office. If I get there in front of Pharaoh, I want direct access to you. In Jesus, you and I have been given direct access. So what's the world going to give you? Well, Mike, you play your cards, right? We'll give you the president's number. You can call the president. I already called God. Why would I want to talk to the president? You already have that. But you don't know it. So you live your life as if you don't have it. You're always snatching, always grabbing, always greedy, always trying, never fully understanding you already have that. If I were to pass out a piece of paper, write down the thing that you want most. How many of you would write down, I want someone to love me? You already have that. You're already loved. A love so fierce that Jesus won't let anything separate you from him. Not even death can pull you away from him. You already have that. 
How many of you are contorting yourself into all kinds of false selves? Maybe if I'm like this, somebody will love me. Maybe if I'm like this, somebody will love me. You're already loved just like you are. Do you remember the creation story? Most of us read the creation story the way we create, right? We get an idea. We're going to make something. So we hammer and saw, we paint and build, we put it up, we look at it. And what do we say? Close enough. (laughs) The Bible tells us that when God created you, he did not say close enough. He said, yes. What he had in his mind matched exactly who you are. And he celebrated that. So much so that he took the Sabbath just so he could enjoy all that he created. You do know you were part of that creation. You already have that. In the building of the tabernacle, God tells Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle and I want you to call these guys. I've already gifted these guys with everything they'll need to build the tabernacle I want. You were already created to be part of God building a holy dwelling place wherever you are. You have that dream. God has implanted that in you. You don't have to snatch it from anywhere else. You don't have to grab it from anybody else. You already have that. So what's the world going to give you? Remember the story of Jesus told about the merchant who bought the pearl of great price? Remember the story? A pearl merchant searches the world, finds an extraordinary pearl, so extraordinary he has to sell everything he has to buy this pearl. Everything. Sold his house, sold his cars, cashed in his 401k, everything and went for broke on this pearl. He has this pearl. He doesn't have nice clothes. Doesn't matter. He has the pearl. So when you see him, this man who has more wealth than he can calculate, you think he's a bum. You feel sorry for him. So you give him a 10, get you some breakfast. And he laughs at you. (laughs) You have no idea what he already has. What is the world going to give you that you don't already have? That's the reason we can pour ourselves out in love for each other and love for our community. That's the reason we can give and keep on. Now, you notice something. Jesus in this passage pours himself out, pours him, keeps pouring himself out, keeps pouring himself out. But did you notice he never runs out? 
Okay? You and I always think of when you pour something out, you finally get to empty. Right? Pour the water out of the jug and you pour and, the, and then there's the last few drops that you shake out and then it's empty. There's no more in there. Did you notice in Jesus's life in ministry, he never gets to the point where he's empty. In fact, he is so full of the father that he overcomes death. Why is that? Get this down. You're going to love this. The father can always fill you faster than you can pour yourself out. Amen. He can always fill you faster then you can pour yourself out so you never get to empty. Why? Because God never runs out. Now, let me tell you the frustrating thing about that. He never gives you more than you can carry at the time. His mercies are new every morning, once a day. Now, if you're like me, when I, when I know God is calling me to go on this journey, I want all the supplies up front. Okay? Okay, here's what I'm going to need to do what you're calling me to do. I want all of this right now. Then once you give me everything I need right now, then I'll go do what you call me to do. That isn't the way it works. Why? Why does it work that way? You can't carry everything God wants to give you. You'd never go anywhere. You would be buried under blessing. Where's Mike? Somewhere under there. Mm -mm. You get the manna you need for the day. Here's what you can carry. Here's what I'll give you. Here's what you need. For today, pour yourself out. Get up in the morning. Here's what you need for the day. Day by day, step by step, pouring yourself out to the glory of God the Father because you can never pour yourself out faster than God can fill you up. This is one of those Sundays that I wish I could walk person to person and say, do you know? Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Tell me about the moment when you knew that he loved you. Tell me about the moment when he gave you your name. Tell me. When you knew all that you had. Tell me when you realized that there was nothing that the world could give you that mattered. Some of you are exhausted. You've done all you know what, how to do, what to do. 
so that somebody will love you and you're already loved. Trying to find somebody that will tell you your life matters and you already have that. What the Father has given you, no one can take from you. Don't leave here trying to grab what you already have. And I know I've said a whole lot, just a few words. That's why we've opened up the new Welcome Center. Go out of this door, turn left, you'll see it. Our ministers, our counselors are over there. They're waiting to continue this conversation with you. We don't want you to walk out of here not knowing what you already have. Pray with me. with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just thinking about your own life. Do you know that you are loved? Do you know that everything that God has is yours for an inheritance? Do you know that? If you don't, will you head over to the Welcome Center? Let's continue this conversation. If you want to be part of Brentwood Baptist Church, you head over to the Welcome Center. Don't leave and not know. Lord Jesus, every life is open before you, every heart. So we pray that the decisions we make now are exactly what you want.